Hi, this is Derwin James, and you listen to the Chargers Podcast Network. What's up, guys? Welcome to a very special uniform edition of Chargers Weekly, presented by Nike. Chris Harry here with you. It's been an awesome day for Chargers fans, and we have a great pod ahead. Todd Radom, the foremost authority on pro sports uniforms and logos, will join us to give his input on the new Chargers uniforms. Steve Ziff, chief marketing officer of the team, he's going to take you behind the scenes on the process that came to be with the new Chargers unis. Dave Damashek of NFL Network, we know what a big uniform historian Dave is. He's going to give his thoughts, but we start with the president of business operations, Mr. A.G. Spanos. Well, I got to tell you, it's been an electric day here at Charger Land, here with the president of business operations, A.G. Spanos. A.G., what can you compare this to? The the fans have been so excited about this for a month. They finally got to see the uniform today. And what can you say? Rave reviews. Honestly, it's been such a long time coming. I mean, I could sense the fans' anticipation. And uh, I mean, even though I had seen them, I was getting nervous for today. I just was ready to get it out there because it had been such a long process. I mean, I don't think most people realize we began this process over two and a half years ago, uh, early uh, in the 2017 season. So this has been a long build and a long way to get here to this day. And it's so great to see just the outpouring of excitement and the social media reaction and the team trending on Twitter. I mean, it's everything you could hope for. I couldn't wait to finally put this on today. I got to walk my dog outside with my number 20 powder blue on. AG, take us back to when the organization decide to enhance, I guess, the best uniform in sports. What was that process like? You said dating back to 2017. Yeah, like I said, most people don't realize this, but there's quite a bit of mandatory lead time that the league requires. So for what we did, which was change the logo, change the logo type, change the uniform, that is the longest lead time, which is over two and a half years. Mm. And uh, you really need all of that time because there's a lot of involved. There's the NFL design team. There's our Chargers internal uh, team. So uh, it's a lengthy process. It worked. The timing couldn't work out better as we're going into a new stadium and we get a game with new uniforms. AG, how much input did you take from the fans? I know you mentioned the process being about two and a half years. I know Nike has their thoughts internal. You guys probably have your thoughts as a family, uh, but the fans, I'm sure they spoke to you as well. Yeah, absolutely. Um, we put a huge premium on what our fans are saying to us. And, uh, you know, our guest services department does a great job listening to our fans, responding, and we try to take everything they give and, and uh, uh, relate to what we're doing, whether it be training camp, game experience, how we cover the team on social media. And our fans are very vocal about the uh, uniform. They're very passionate. There's uh, vocal advocates for many different things like numbers on the helmet, the placement of the shoulder bolts, the gold pants. Uh, we've heard it all from fans. But really what was most important to us was balance between what's familiar and core to the Chargers and being bold and new, representing uh, the future. And uh, we didn't want people to wake up and say, you know, what, what team is that or who is that and what, what uniform is that? Um, I, you know, ultimately, we struck this great balance of, of timeless and classic, but also new and bold. You know, AG, one of my favorite things with this new uniform, obviously, these numbers on the helmet, you know this organization and the history of these uniforms as well as anybody a nod to the AFL days how important was it to get those numbers back on the helmet I think it's the signature change in this new uniform as you touched on you know the team wore uh, those numbers back in the AFL days and all the way through to the early 70s Um, but it's really threefold why it's important and one is obviously the nod to the, the great teams of the past in the AFL. But secondly, what most people don't realize is that it's going to allow for better functionality in the jersey. And the reason why that is is because we basically took what the TV numbers they're called, which were on the shoulder, and we moved them to the helmet. 
And so by doing that, you allowed to move the jurors, the shoulder bolts up and allow for less sleeve material. And we know how crucial that is for today's NFL players to have less for material for their opponents to grab. So hopefully it leads to much better functionality for them. And then uh, thirdly and also, also importantly, is that it's going to give the Chargers a really distinguished look. You know, the Chargers will have now the only will be the only team in the NFL to feature their TV numbers on their helmet. Um, and I couldn't be more excited to have this look that is completely unique uh, for our team. Which leads me to my next question, AG. What, what's your favorite element of change to this uniform? Well, we already talked about the numbers being the signature look, signature change to this new uniform. But honestly, I think the unsung hero here is the simplification of the color scheme and going to just one color blue for each uniform set. And I didn't realize how big of an impact that would make. And that's why you're hearing the players use words like sharp and clean. And because it just really makes each uniform set really pop when you just have one color blue the gold and the white, and it just makes everything look so great. What was your reaction to the players' reaction to seeing the uniforms? And now coupling it with the fans' reaction this morning, uh, it's got to make you and the family feel proud. Uh, honestly, it's been uh, so exciting and rewarding to see their genuine enthusiasm. I mean, it's exactly what you want them to, to feel is uh, pride in what they're wearing. Uh, how's the old expression go, right? Look good. Feel good. Feel, feel good. Play good. Right. <laughs> uh, a wise Deion Sanders once said that. Right. <laughs> AG, final thing for you. A new stadium, new uniforms. Then Thursday, perhaps a, a franchise-changing player at number six overall. We don't know who it's going to be, but just an exciting time. Uh, what has this week been like, and what do you think it's going to end like for you and your family and really all of our fans? It's hard to imagine a more exciting week to uh, this off, off season, but um, it's just been, it's been great. I think I really hope the fans kind of embrace this moment in time and, and really get fired up and uh, enjoy the genuine optimism we have going into the season and uh, know that also that brighter days on the, are on the horizon and um, you know, we're going to get back to playing football really soon. And um, I just hope everyone stays safe out there. A.G. Spanos, President of Business Operations. Can't thank you enough for your time today. Appreciate you spending a few minutes. Chris, thank you. All right, now please to bring on Todd Radom. Couldn't think of a better guest to have on during a day like this. The Chargers new uniform. Todd, what can you say? Author, historian, graphic designer for more than 25 years. The foremost authority on uniforms and logos. Todd, it's a pleasure. How are you? Chris, thank you so much. What a Pleasure to be with you and exciting to be here on this particular day with you. You know, you wake up this morning and on the West Coast, it was 645. Chargers fans were opening up Twitter and watching Good Morning Football. It was Christmas morning. What was your first reaction when you saw the Chargers new unis? Well, uh, I'm on the East Coast, 945 in the morning here, kind of scanning through things, knowing that this was going to happen today. But all of a sudden, I see my Twitter feed light up. And there it was. And I have to say, Chris, uh, you know, we've had a lot of uh, NFL visual news coming out these last couple of weeks. I saw this and I just said, these are perfect. Makes me happy. The Chargers still look like the Chargers. Not too much, not too little, just beautiful. Just talking to our executives, they said basically they didn't want to mess it up, right? You already have a near perfect uniform you just wanted to make it a little bit better uh, what did you see in, in terms of just the subtleties with it that you really like so I think that when it comes to sports design I have a couple of adages that I keep going back to uh, number one if uh, just because you can do it do it doesn't mean that you should which means that too much can be too much and to back it down a little bit I'm a, I'm a big proponent of reducing the sauce these Charger uniforms do a lot with a little. They get back to basics. Uh, every uniform, even though there are a lot, they look like each other. They truly look uniform, which is an important thing. Uh, I think that form and function really come together. And I love the numbers. I love the italicized nature of what I see uh, on the numbers. Um, the colors are just perfect. They are harmonious and lovely. And again, I can't stress this enough, Chris, the Chargers look like the Chargers. There was no reason to burn the thing down and start from scratch. 
numbers on the helmet. And this is something that is unique to the team in the NFL. To see the numbers on the helmet, it kind of harkens back to the days of the AFL. I know that it was a nod to the AFL, having these on your helmet for 13 years. Players, current players, were really excited to see that added to their new unis. Yeah, I mean, uh, listen, I'm not an athlete, but from everything I have ever heard from professional athletes, uh, if you have a visual heritage that you can glom onto, and it makes sense, uh, go ahead and own it. Uh, I can see why these guys love that feature. It is very ownable. The numbers are just perfectly framed under the bolt. And again, you know, I, all day today, I just can't help but think of the fact that uh, starting with, you know, Lance Allworth, going back to the AFL days, going through the Fouts years and onto LT, the Chargers, I'm going to say it again, they look like the Chargers. And this little beautiful touch on the helmets, it's just, it is all completely ownable. The, the simplicity of it, too. And I, I wore it as a demonstration so we could talk about it because the numbers used to be here. The bolt is bigger, uh, less colors. There's no color panel here. So to have the number on the helmet, enlarge these, it's moving forward. It's looking fast, looking electric in these uniforms. And I, I think that really does the trick. Yeah, and the word electric really uh, it conveys a lot for this particular franchise, of course. And when it comes to the blue, the jersey that you're wearing, I almost don't think of it as powder blue, just to get into semantics and get into a little design talk. But to me, powder blue are the road uniforms that MLB teams wore in the 70s and 80s. It's a little bit lighter. That's an electric blue. It's going to look great on broadcast. And I can't help but think, uh, you know, every single one of us, we have our faces and our screens for better or for worse. We, th- we see things in a digital way. And these colors are really, really built for a digital age. And they were still able to keep the Navy, and the Royals as their color rush. And and when I think Royal, I think of Dan Fouts. And and obviously those Navies are so clean. Uh, To be able to keep those in the catalog, have up to six different combinations, you get the gold pants in there as well. Uh, You really can't go wrong. I kind of polled fans on on Twitter today. I said, what combo is your favorite? And I got six different answers, and half of them were all of them. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that's not a bad problem to have, right, Chris? Uh, I have to say also, as an East Coast guy, I'm a New Yorker. I've grown up. I grew up around here. I've lived around here my entire life. I see these uniforms and something in my mind harkens back to you know, uh, years ago. And the colors just seem really sun-kissed Southern California. They're going to look beautiful in that new stadium. And everything just looks like it should look. And uh, again, I, I will emphasize the fact that when it comes to sports design, some jobs are complete teardowns. Some are, you know, rebuilding renovations a little bit around the edges. Chargers went out. They bit around the edges, and they got it, they got it right. Todd, what do you make of these uniform unveilings throughout the past few months around the NFL? It brings excitement to fans. I'm just curious to get your take on what you've seen from around the league, because I think seven teams – have new uniforms this year. And then there's some new logos and we could talk about the Chargers logo in a little bit, but just your, your thoughts on how teams have, have rolled out these new looks. And like you said, some look a little bit more similar than others and others have been torn down and, and rebuilt a little bit more. Yeah. It's interesting to me because having been doing this for so many years, 20, 25 years ago, you would have a runway fashion show and local media would come and cover it. So of course it is 2020. We are, uh, you know, we, we, we are in the middle of a digital age. Younger people especially expect things to get rolled out on social. Uh, I love what I'm seeing because I think that they're all different and they reflect the uh, personalities of the individual franchises. If we are fans of a team, we don't want to be like other people, you know? And uh, I think in the case of the Chargers, I loved seeing the motion graphic, loved seeing the relevance to the beaches and the L.A. area and Southern California and all that. As far as uh, overall changes in the NFL, uh, I mean, there are a couple of very obvious examples. And let's just be candid and put it right out there. The Browns really needed to revert back to something more traditional. The Browns are all about tradition. It's two completely different franchises. We won't even get into that. But the Browns, uh, again, look like the Browns. No bells, whistles, no reason to go nuts. Uh, The Buccaneers, I think, had a legibility problem in terms of numbers. Uh, you know, who wants to look like an LED alarm clock? The Buccaneers look like the Buccaneers. 
And it's kind of interesting, Chris. I think there are certain franchises that, um, you know, I think of the Denver Broncos and I think of the uh, their first successful years. And, of course, the two Super Bowls uh, with John Elway, um, they, they two completely different looks, navy blue and orange, royal blue and orange, but they are the Broncos. I think, again, in the case of the Chargers, uh, one of the things that I really appreciate is the fact that there is this continuity that you can draw a line from 1960 in Southern California to 2020 in Southern California, and it all makes sense. The tradition, and I think that means so much in, you know, as growing up watching uh, the NFL and being a fan as a little kid, you want to see that old uniform in some form or fashion in the new uniforms. And I know it's about innovating and moving things forward. I think the Chargers were able to do both. Uh, What do you look for, Todd, in a uniform? Uh, What's the most important piece to a uniform in your eyes when you're looking at it or just designing it? I think that uh, I mentioned something earlier that I'll come back to. Form and function. These are uh, worn by professional athletes who are moving around. So what does this thing look like in the context of, A, being at a game? Are the numbers legible? If you are up in the extreme nosebleed seats, can you see what's going on? Now, here we are. We're, we're, uh, we're home, potentially. Well, everybody's home now, of course. That's right. But uh, we're used to seeing uh, games in high def, uh, and the, the uh, visibility is just stark and unbelievable. But these guys are moving around, so start with that. After that, we get into saleability. What does this stuff look like on merchandise? How does it translate not only to jerseys, but T-shirts? And when it comes to logos, how do these logos play out big, small, uh, literally on the side of a stadium, just enormous scalability? And how does this shrink down to the size of a Twitter avatar? Furthermore, what does it look like when painted on grass? How does it sculpt potentially into dimensional form? Uh, How does this stuff embroider? There's a lot to consider, and uh, it is very, very different from back in the days when I broke in, and our biggest consideration was, if you take this to one color, what does this look like on a fax cover sheet? Yeah, oh, absolutely. It's down to the the exact small details. Um, Speaking of, the Chargers had a, a logo release last month, and they didn't do much to the bolt. It's it's a little bit different. Um, it's it's not as arching, I guess. Um, but you have the the lightning bolt going through the A in, in the Chargers. What would you make of the, the subtle changes made to the Chargers logo? I think these are the kind of changes, Chris, that the average person would never even notice if they weren't told about it. And that's a pretty good thing. Uh, thing is, you know, many of these old-time logos – were developed by hand, literally at a time before we used computers as a designer. Uh, the logos then were uh, brought into the digital age, not always incredibly skillfully. And, uh, you know, these things have gotten handed down. So the structural changes to the bolt uh, make a lot of sense. The geometry is a little more aligned. The proportions are a little bit more pleasing. But again, uh, if you closed your eyes uh, just a little bit and did a squint, you really wouldn't notice much. And that's a pretty good thing. No doubt about that. Todd, get, get you out of here on this. I want to yeah. know what you're working on and where people can find more Todd Radom. Oh, that's a great question. Thank you. Uh, look for me on uh, at my website, toddradom.com, T-O-D-D-R-A-D-O-M.com. I am also uh, on Twitter and all the socials, uh, as you know. Uh, right now, things are kind of slow because there's no sports, but I'm involved with baseball. I am involved with uh, all kinds of stuff. And one of my most fun projects over the last couple of years. I've been working with Ice Cube on his big three, three-on-three professional basketball. Oh, yeah. League. Really interesting uh, creative collaboration with him in the trenches every single day. Uh, so that's kind of fun. It's a little bit something different. Todd, I can't thank you enough for your time. I said it at the top. I'll say it again. Perfect person to have on a uniform release day. Todd Radom, can't thank you enough. Uh, Chris, thank you so much. Exciting changes and exciting day. Hope everybody's safe and healthy. All right, guys, as we roll on on a uniform edition of Chargers Weekly, very pleased to be joined by the chief marketing officer of the Chargers, Steve Ziff. And Steve, the anticipation for these uniforms has been off the charts, and you talk about living up to the hype. I've heard this several times. It's the best uniform in the NFL. We just made it a little bit better. 
I think that's a fair comment. Listen, I do think that the hype train is like completely off the track right now. The, the pot is boiling. We're just trying to keep a lid on it at this point um, with less than 24 hours until we break this uniform. But it's been a great process. I think we've had an incredible team effort between ourselves, Nike, uh, and the NFL and building this all out. Uh, and so we're really excited about bringing this to light tomorrow for our fans and, and for the NFL. I think it's going to be a special day across the league. Yeah, it, just so you know, we're taping this on a Monday. You guys will probably hear this Tuesday, overjoyed by what you see from the Chargers. And, Steve, it's powder blue and sunshine gold. Not only is it synonymous with Los Angeles and Southern California, but it's a nod to, to the AFL. You know, the, the roots of the AFL are prominent in these uniforms. Yeah, the AFL was known for its disruptive nature in terms of what it was and how it came out. The NFL had been a grind it up, run the ball, play tough defense football league. And the AFL came in high flying, fun in the sun, just representing something different. It was bold, it was fearless. And I think that's what people love about the Charger uniforms. They have the Southern California vibe and spirit to them, but the players that have played in them and the way that we've played and the types of people that they've been off the field and in those uniforms represented a bold and fearless nature that I think really just stands out. And uh, I think that's what we're able to accomplish and encapsulate as we put the subtle touches on just modifying this uniform that was already really, really incredible, just slightly to get better if possible. And we think we've done that. What was the process like for you to, to embark on something like this, knowing how good the uniforms were to begin with? I'm sure fan input and just the subtle touches uh, was a great part of just putting this whole thing together. Yeah, I think this one's called Don't Get in the Way, right? <laughs> like, that's right, that's right, up. that's right. Because when you already have something that's so well-built and so well-respected uh, well and well-appreciated, well the last thing that any of us can do as a function of the process, and there were a lot of people that contributed here, is do too much. And so I think this was truly breaking down the appreciation over a number of years for what people have come to love about who we are and what we represent, not only to the people that care about us the most, our, our most important fans, but just in general, what we look like in the NFL, how we look, what we look like in the sports world, and really who we represent in our region. Um, and, and those were the kind of core factors that, you know, between, again, the league and really Nike and us, we went through to build this out. But I think that, you know, there was a great vision that came from the organization and the leadership of the company that set out on a path of here, here's what the little parts of this that have to be modernized really probably should focus on. And let's just make sure that we really, you know, pay homage to the past, but, but focus on modernizing for the future. So we really don't have to go through this process again for quite some time, if ever. What's your favorite element to the change? You know, for me, I think it's, um, I think it's the fonts, to be honest, with two parts, really. And they're really two of the more significant parts, but I think they really made a major difference. And when fans, you know, really kind of look at this uniform and they look back at what it's been, they'll appreciate these changes in a more modern, contemporary way. One was the removal of the blocking from the shoulders. Yeah. I had been there for many, many years and was truly a staple of this, of this, uh, this uniform and what the Chargers have done and how they've worn it and removing that so that the bolt could shine on the shoulders. And we really noticed it when we had, you know, one of the lead models get down in a three-point stance. You see all that electricity coming at you, helmet and shoulders, and that's what our opponents would see. I think we realized how important that change was. And then the other is the font, just being a more modern football-centric font, sleeker and italicized to represent the motion. And I think those two things really make this uniform special. Yeah, the font is clean. And you mentioned the electricity uh, moving forward. Uh, how about the numbers on the helmet, though? That's a key differentiator from any other uniform in, in the NFL, uh, a nod to the AFL as well. Uh, 13 seasons, the Chargers Absolutely. had the number on the helmet. Yeah, and it was uh, that, that was an interesting process all by itself and getting the, you know, getting that concept approved again, you know, after many years because, you know, no one has done it since the Chargers have done it. And quite frankly, it, it, there are some technicalities to getting that done that were, you know, we had to work through. But uh, overall, I think being able to go back in time and pull an aspect like that out and bring it back and modernize it and make it a part of who you are as you move forward is special. And we were glad that it was us that did that before somebody else realized that that was an aspect that they could evolve their uniforms to include. Our, I think our helmet was already great, the way the bolt sat on it. And there was this 
kind of empty space that something needed to be in. And that was a perfect example of how once upon a time that was done and how, again, it was sitting there as an opportunity for us to, to go back to and, and bring forward into the future. Yeah, someone tell Jerry Tillery that I have his helmet here if, if he needs it anytime well, yeah, He'll so. come looking for you. I'm sure yeah. he's going to run. <laughs> he will. Uh, Steve, what was the process like showing the players? Uh, that's been the most fun for me over the last month to see Darwin's reaction and Badge's reaction, Mike Williams, list goes on and on. What was it like? Because I know you were in some of those calls. Yeah, that was fun. I mean, they, they totally were excited about it. Some, some uh, were really, really excited and wouldn't leave us alone, kept trying to schedule their calls with us. But I think they were just, you know, they, you forget, like to a player, the DNA of what they wear is as special on the field as any part of it. We all play sports at different levels. And I think seeing yourself in the uniform is a prideful moment. So for them, we forget what it represents to them when they walk out of that tunnel repre- representing that brand. So they were excited, but watching them react was hysterical. I mean, some of them were just so funny. And the B-roll that we have, if we ever release all the raw footage. Oh, I hope oh that's coming. God. I hope that's coming. I'll just say that Joey Bosa is, I mean, like he should be on, do a stand-up comedy show. I mean, this guy's hysterical. <laughs> Even if he's just being, he's funny. So it was awesome. Yeah, it was pretty fun. Desmond King, I think, had, had the best reaction, in my opinion, because he said, we have to go out and we have to be worthy of wearing these now. That's because, right. you know, it's so important. The fans obviously are going to love these, but the players, you have to love what you're wearing too. So for, for Des to say, listen, the standard now is, is up here. We got to go bring a Lombardi to LA. That's important, right? Like that's, you set the bar high with every little part of it, but that's the, that's the beauty of a sport like football is that every piece of the puzzle, every person in this organization has got a role to play in winning a championship. And even this, if this little piece helps these guys have one more, one more moment of pride as we work through the process, as they play a football game, they feel that much better that we did our jobs to help them and help this company win a championship. So I think that's a great way for Desmond to look at it. If, he, if this elevates his game even one notch, then we've done our part to help them win their title. Steve, we just talked about it offline for a minute, just uh, the importance of this week, right? Chargers moving into a new stadium. They got new unis. They're going to get a franchise-type player at number six overall. Uh, what has this week been like for you at the beginning, and, and what do you think it's going to be like when it ends? Uh, I got to tell you something. You know, I've worked on some really great teams, both in sports and out of sports, just teams inside of our organization and teams in general, right? And, and our team right now is, is incredible, operating at just the absolute – highest capacity, highest caliber on everything that we've been putting work into and having to do it in isolation um, is just a a momentous task, but it's been wonderful working with people that care this much about all the things that we're doing. You look at the organization's trajectory and the things that we're working on, you know, having to launch a new brand, having to launch a uniform and really the importance of that. And then the same week, having to create a virtual draft and having to draft, you know, having to draft a really important part of your new franchise, your franchise moving forward, this is a big week for this company to really showcase the, you know, the difference that we want to make both in Los Angeles and with our, to our fans. And so I think we're going to get it right all the way across the board. I, I think if hopefully the, the way people look at the players that we choose, the, the uniforms that we wear, all the things that we're doing to support people and support Los Angeles as great things and part of the long process because, you know, we want to be here forever and want to win here forever. So if it starts this week as a part of that, then great. But I think we've started it already in the past and we're just building upon it this week. And Steve, it's a great point just to piggyback on that. The last month, like you said, we've been working in isolation, but it feels like everybody's together. And that includes the fans. This is a family, right? Yeah. From, from these, these town halls to these virtual luncheons to the, the Bolts draft room, which is Thursday. I want you to speak on that just a little bit because it's an opportunity for everyone to get involved and win some awesome prizes. It is, yeah. And you're right. I mean, it is a family. And I think it starts at the very top. This organization is a family-run company. And it feels like that when you work here. And again, having worked other places, I can tell you that it's a very big difference inside the walls of this company, which is probably allowing the great work to be done. Um, and, and yeah, the, the Bolts drafting is an example of that. So this weekend, or this, I'm sorry, this Thursday evening, 3.30 Pacific uh, goes live with you and Haley Elwood, as well as Petros and Money live on 5.70 AM is a really unique opportunity for us to create a virtual experience for our fans to participate in a live draft room that's going to have both uh, incredible special guests, players and alumni, as well as great, great analysis live on the air and 
online by Petros and Money. So it's going to be a really fun opportunity. And part of this was getting people to be able to register for these incredible giveaways. And so we wanted to just layer in one last additive and make this thing even extra special. So we're giving away all kinds of prizes throughout the entire show. And the grand prize will be a chance to meet our number one pick virtually and get a jersey of that player. So it's a pretty exciting opportunity for that's our a priceless, fans across the board. That's a priceless deal, Steve. Yeah, I'd say so. Thanks. Steve Ziff, I appreciate all your hard work, and um, it's been a it's been a fun month. Even though we haven't been able to see each other, uh, there's been some great things that are ahead, and uh, we can't thank you enough for your time here on Chargers Weekly. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. You're doing a great job. Just keep it up. Well, I couldn't end the day without getting Dave Damashek on a uniform podcast on, on a day where a lot of Chargers fans woke up pretty excited to see. These powder blues get unveiled this morning on Good Morning Football. Dave, I know you've been calling for some of these changes, and uh, your requests came true. Well, thank you, Chris. Um, I appreciate it. Um, and, yeah, you know, listen, I, I, I feel heard. And um, that, that I, I feel touched right in the heart by Ann Fouts, John Jefferson, Air Coriel, and uh, – Ladanian Tomlinson, Bambi, Allworth, all the rest of them. It's all come together. I love when pro football teams pay homage to their history, and I think the Chargers have certainly done that while also making it look very 21st century. Well done to all who collaborated on this. And unless you tell me otherwise, Chris, I'm just going to have to assume that a couple of the key ingredients came straight from the mind and the eye of Damashek, specifically I have spoken with people in the Chargers organization and implored them, players and otherwise, you got to get the numbers back on the side of the hats. They're the numbers. Two, you don't need a traditional pants stripe. You replace it with the lightning bolt. I didn't like over the last few years that the lightning bolt was there, but then it was outlined by regular stripe. You don't need the second stripe. You already got the one. It's called a lightning bolt. Done and done on both counts. Beautiful work, Chargers. It was simplified. And you said it. I mean, you have connections to the organization, whether it's Matt Money Smith or myself or several other people you know. You probably were heard to some degree. And I know our fans. I, can I, can yeah, I also ahead, say I, I've, met, I've met Daniel Jeremiah on several occasions. I'm hoping on the next one he will finally allow me to make eye contact with him. As it stands currently, he makes me lower my eyes in deference. <laughs> but I, but for the record, I have met him on a couple of occasions. So he, he knows of you. I, I don't know that he knows my name, but boy, that'd be a thrill. That'd be a career <laughs> highlight if, uh, if he had ever actually heard of me. But uh, Hey, this is my favorite part, though. The, the, the numbers on the helmets because it's the ultimate differentiator from any other team in pro sports. To bring those back... It's like you said, it's an homage to the past, but in a, in a fun way, it does move it forward a little bit as well. Yeah, it really does look great. I mean, I think the two, what, what my guest is are going to be the two most off scene um, versions of these new getups. One, the powder blue at home with the white pants and the, and the white hats. And then on the road, that all white. Oh, it's oh just, I see. Just heaven. Oh, it, it really is just uh, descended from the football gods. It's going to look tremendous. And I even like the royal blue that has been the color rush over the last few years is grand. And then the sort of forward-looking navy ones. I mean, yes. I, I, I think they all, um, to, to my um, informed eye, exceptional work top to bottom. Not that I was surprised because I, I asked a bunch of fans this morning, what was your favorite combo? Uh, a lot of people were feeling the Navy, and most people were said, I can't decide, right? You know, because I think the powder blue is the, the quintessential Charger Southern California jersey, but the all navies were getting a lot of love. And the Royals, to your point, the, the color rush, it brings back the, uh, the old Falty days, and to have those Royals still in the arsenal is, is a plus. Yeah, that's right. That's that's kind of how I see it. And I wouldn't be surprised if in 2021, if the league loosens the helmet policy and you can go with a different color helmet, a, 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 an altogether different helmet. I would imagine that that's what those dark blue ones are for, is so that they can also do the LT and um, Phil Rivers and Drew Brees and, and that uh, window of time. But as it is, yes, the Royal Blues – honor air coriel 
um, in that great era. And then everything prior to that. And, you know, LT and Phil Rivers and all those guys were the powder blues themselves when they would go throwback. And when I see those gold pants with the blue, with the powder blue and the white helmets, the first thing I think of is Lance Allworth and those old NFL yes. films highlights with the Sam Spence music underneath and um, John Facenda's voiceover and, and, and all of that. So, yeah, well done, top to bottom, as I say. And Dave, the new generation who has no idea what you're talking about loves them too, which is cool. It's, it's, it's really neat to get the best of both worlds. You get uh, the folks who are just NFL diehards like yourself and, and me, and then you get this new generation that has grown up with the Chargers maybe for just a few years, and they have the same reaction to the uniform. So many people over the last few years, as, as people started to see – the Chargers throwback started to pine for those. And then even there was some noise coming out of the state of Texas that the Houston Texans should do should go with their version of powder blue and go back to the Earl Campbell Houston Oilers kind of colors. Well, now too late. And if you do go back, then you're second in line behind the, the Chargers. The first one there is the winner. Ergo, Chargers, 2020 victors. And we're not even out. April yet there's not a bigger divider I think on Twitter than uniforms for the most part until today I feel like everybody was pretty unified with the Chargers but uh, what have you made of these uniform unveilings over the last five to six weeks especially during this pandemic everybody's at home teams have had to get creative with how they roll things out uh, and I think it's seven teams have new uniforms is it that many yeah I think it's seven teams well you know I get it that it's it's easy to just say for young people to say you're a curmudgeon who just likes what you grew up with and to some extent I'm not going to push back too hard on that yeah I think we all kind of do that with our favorite teams our favorite players and as it happens with our favorite uniforms um I do think as a side note you say everybody agrees on this the weirdos the real weirdos out there are the ones who have no opinions on uniforms when people are like, why, you know, I, on social media or otherwise, there, there's always got to be, if I comment on a uniform, people always have to say, who cares about the uniform? Like, you're staring at them for three and a half hours every week. What do you mean it has, it has no impact on you whatsoever? A dreadful uniform is a, a distraction. Um, and, you know, the nice uniform is, at minimum, no matter what happens from this point forward, is going to be something to celebrate. I think it's clear among the 2020 Getups, if we just start with that relatively low bar, the Chargers win going away. I think the Browns going back to some variation of their past was a good move. Yeah, that was smart. For, for them, it doesn't – but, you know, I, I really think – I hate to say it. I think the Patriots should have done something like that too. The answer isn't always just go back to what you used to have. I mean, the Chargers have done now a nice job. They have – I keep saying paid homage to their history, but it's not as though they just rolled out um, – throwback uniforms these are plainly something that are new you can tell in the details that these are not just uh, a reiteration of, of something that's already existed so um the chargers win this one going away i think the patriots what would have been neat for them um is they should have just left the tom brady era unto itself they should have the day tom brady left they should have said all right we're back to pat patriot the white hats with the red jerseys and the i've always the, been a fan of those too I mean, those are right. so clean yeah yeah i don't know why they they, they want to stick with the flying elvis just let that era stand on its own that was something different now we're back to to who we know um the falcons let's not speak about what happened there and then um and then the bucks i guess did a capable if unspectacular job of at least getting rid of the um, digital alarm clock number jerseys. Yeah. You know, you love jersey matchups, right? Yes. Raiders, Chargers, Chiefs, Chargers. The AFC West is going to look good on Sunday afternoons when you put these powder blues in the rotation on a consistent basis. Yeah, the Broncos now fall to a distant fourth in the otherwise sublime AFC West uniform. Do they need rankings. to bring back their old unis, Dave? They definitely do, and we can debate which ones those are. Are they the Elway ones with the with the royal blue, with the with the Bronco, with the air, or I don't know what else. He's blowing his nose out under the <laughs> helmet. Um or uh, there, there are a couple of good AFL ones, but leaving them out of it, 
What's cool is that the Raiders have made very few alterations since the AFL days. The Chiefs have made exactly zero alterations, save changing the gray face mask to white at some point in, I don't know, the late 70s or thereabouts. That's a, it's cool that the Chiefs have made zero. But what I love is, like you say, the matchups. I don't think there's been a better one in pro football um, for the last decade or two than when the Chiefs wear the red pants at the Raiders in the silver and black. But I really do think that that all-white Chargers, mm-hmm. or for that matter, I mean, either way, I mean, the all-white, when they go into KC, or when, when they play, or I guess Vegas, I have to get used to saying Vegas now, but, or when the Raiders come to L.A. to play, in, uh, to play the Chargers in those powder blues, oh, it's just going to be glorious. Oh, it's just going to be heavenly. The yellow pants, too. I love the yellow pants. It, it, I, I, I like them on, with, with the powder blue combo, but the all-whites, there's something to be said about the all-whites. They are, they are icy. They are very, very clean. Oh, man. I mean, yeah, there, there, there really is any of the combos. I don't think you can go wrong with any of them, really. And, and uh, um, yeah, the, the Chiefs come into town to, to play these powder blue get-ups. If they wear the gold pants, it's going to be – there really is going to be something because if you have no um, – no thought about pro football history. It started watching um, in 2018 or whenever you tuned in. They just look good aesthetically. But if you care about pro football history at all, if you're of a certain age, I think it is going to lure a certain number of eyeballs for people of a certain age. Because, I mean, when they wear those gold pants against the Chiefs or the Raiders, it's going gonna, it's gonna to invoke 1967. It That's just right. absolutely is. That's what it looks like. It looks like AFL games top to bottom. And so as far as that goes, you're right. The Broncos do need to get with the program, and they need to suit up and make the whole division some sort of cool-looking throwback. That'd be fantastic. Uh, two days, the draft. Uh, what are you most looking forward to with this virtual draft, Dave? It doesn't have to be Chargers-related. I want to ask you uh, about number six overall, but just in general, doing this thing from, from your basement or your living room. First of all, I, I, let's start with the Chargers. I, I think I, I don't buy any of the jive. It's all hooey and applesauce in my book that the, that the Chargers are not interested in getting to. I have no special insight on that. I also know that the Chargers would like to get a quarterback, witness the fact that, uh, that they went after Tom Brady. I get his logic of why he wanted to stay on the East Coast. Good for him, staying close to family. Um, but that's an indication that the Chargers understand that um, a high-profile quarterback is, is going to kind of kickstart things in the new stadium. Now, you lose out on – Tom Brady, even in getting him, would have been a short-term fix. Yes, it would have lured eyeballs, and the team might have been very good. You consider, obviously, I don't have to tell you, the offensive weaponry that any QB has um, with yeah, this slowly. 2020 Chargers team. They're going to they're gonna be well-stocked there. But that's a short-term answer to, to lure people. I think the real answer um, is to land a guy who is going to be the face of the franchise for the next decade and a half. And um, that's how you win long-term local fan base, in my opinion, is to land that guy. And, you know, I'll invoke the name Kobe Bryant and you saw the outpouring earlier this year and what he meant. Yes. To all of Los Angeles. Yes. To basketball fans, but you could really feel it with people of a certain age, even professional athletes who grew up, you know, they latched onto Kobe at age 10 or 12 and then rode through the next 20 years with him. You can see the meaning that that has, for Los Angeles, an underrated sports town. And I think the Chargers would do well to land the football version of that. And two, it just might be that. Yes, the short-term injury concerns, that's fine. There have been a number of guys coming out of school who wear that label. And I'll give you two 21st century examples of that. Frank Gore coming out of the U was injury prone. Too bad. His knees just aren't going to allow him to have a successful NFL career. And you'll remember very early on in his NFL career, Fred Taylor was considered injury prone. And they went on to be two of the most durable runners that we've seen this millennium. So why not Tua? And I think that you want to win long term and really have um, the city of Los Angeles embrace you. I think the way to do that is to get this guy and 
those kids out there right now at age 11 and 12 who are swooning over these glorious California-centric looking uniforms too, really. These uniforms look like yeah. they belong it's in Los SoCal. Angeles. They'll like that. What's going on here? Oh, new stadium. And then if you give them that quarterback who they literally grow up with, um, you know, you'll blink and 10 years later, this, uh, this is going to be a diehard Chargers town as this new generation kicks in led by the face of the franchise. So bottom line, long answer to your brief question. It's a good I answer think, though. I think they want to, um, and I think that if things break for, let's say the Miami dolphins and they wind up with Tua. Um, I think the the team is ready to roll, and and I know that Justin Herbert is there, and that's intriguing. Um, but Isaiah Simmons would complete that defense and would be a dominant defense if you wound up with him. And if that's your fallback, then then that's a pretty good consolation prize. But in a bigger, what am I looking forward to? I mean, I, I gotta say, I am an AFC North guy. I was born and raised. Um, in the same dynamic that I just described, hopefully for Chargers fans over the next next decade. I was born into Pittsburgh, and so I'm a Steelers guy, so forgive me, but for saying this, if Joe Burrow, this is this wouldn't be the equivalent of Eli, a Nola kid and all that, not wanting to go out to, to the Chargers uh, a couple of generations ago. This would be a kid from the Bengals' backyard saying, no, I don't want to go to that team. I'm not going to sign for it. That would just be the height of all Bengal stuff in history. If Joe Burrow's like, I don't, I, I'm not going there. I'm, I, I'm not going there. I want to see how this all plays out there because you haven't exactly heard Burrow say, what a thrill. You know, I'm an Ohio kid to be able to put on the orange and black and, and represent my region of the great state of Ohio. He hasn't exactly said that yet. And if he balks at that and somehow forces a shakeup, you know, I don't have to tell Chargers fans that that can happen because I just mentioned Eli there. It's something that has happened a few times. John Elway, of course, and and Eli. And I, right now, would not be completely floored if that's the way it shakes out for, for the Bengals in a couple of days. It gets so unpredictable. We don't know what's going to happen in, in 48 hours from now as we tape this. And just to go back to your point about stars in L.A., L.A. fans love their stars. And if you're their guy, you are their guy forever. And Kobe's the perfect example. Magic Johnson, another example. You yeah. can go on and on throughout the, the course of L.A. sports history. If you are their guy, you are their guy through thick and thin. So whoever it's going to be, and I'll tell you about Isaiah Simmons. If you have Joey Bosa, Isaiah Simmons, and Derwin James on each level of your defense, and you have Casey Hayward and Chris Harris Jr. and Melvin Ingram, you bring in Linval Joseph, I don't know. I, I think that that is a, an intriguing possibility when you're in a division with the Kansas City Chiefs. And if you need to slow down that explosive offense and you have all those guys I just mentioned, you go a long way towards making that division gap a little bit closer. You talk about, you know, I mean, people always throw out uh, Frazier versus Ali and Styles make the fights. You're not probably in 2020 at minimum going to shoot it out with the, with the Kansas City Chiefs. I think the Chargers have the best remedy. You guys have plenty of offense to compete with most anyone in pro football, this side of the Chiefs. But that rugged defense, man, if, if even without Isaiah Simmons or another piece thrown sure. in there, if you get your QB on the other side of things, great. But, I mean, that defense is built specifically, I feel like, to take down the Chiefs. And I don't think it's a coincidence that over the last couple of years, given the rise of Patrick Mahomes, I don't think there's any team that's been more competitive consistently with the Chiefs than uh, than the Chargers have been. So I think they go into this season in what figures to be a really, really rugged AFC West this year I, because I think the Raiders are pretty close. And if, if things break right for them in this draft, I think they have a real shot. I mean, especially with the expanded playoffs, I think they have a real shot to be playing in January or February or March or whenever the, the playoffs of the 2020 season actually get going. And I think the Broncos have a chance to be really good themselves. And for what it's worth, I love rivalry. I love that sort of individual um, chip on the shoulder, revenge game kind of stuff. I think Melvin Gordon adds to the storylines. Chris I, I Harris mean, Jr. coming from the Broncos. Can you imagine? I mean, the, the, the stuff that's out there right now, 
no matter who it is, it's going to be a different quarterback after, um, all, you know, after a decade and a half with, uh, with Rivers under center there. So that's going to be fascinating. But the storylines from this division um, are so juicy. I, I can't wait. And I really would have to strongly consider – I always like to think about it this way in the offseason to, to assess the – if you could only watch the games of one division – this season, which one would it be? I think I would have to very strongly consider the AFC West. And, and maybe that goes back to the fact that, uh, that I really love uniforms to a grotesque degree. And um, I don't think there are many games I'd rather be watching than ones that involve these powder blues. Amen to that. Dave Damashek, uh, what do you have going on over the next couple of days before the draft? And uh, where can we find you? Oh, probably best to track me down at Damashek. I've got this, that, and the other going on. I'm still doing the DDFP over at the NFL, doing good sports with Adam Carolla. Um, some other good stuff on the way. Um, but for now, um, listen, it's not about me. It's about, uh, it's about the fact that the Chargers listened to me. So <laughs> they, they, they right? did. They did. I, 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 I put it out on social media. Until I get word from... I don't know, Wes Chandler or Louis Kelcher, I'm going to assume that the wardrobe department at the Chargers facility was listening keenly to my counsel on this. I told Mike Williams that at training camp last year, you were about seven feet away from us when yes. we were kibitzing, and I told both of the same thing. Neither one of them got what I was talking about. I had to turn to you, and I said, will you talk to these youngsters about what I'm saying with, the, with what would improve these Chargers uniforms? They know now. We are having this conversation. What a thrill. It's the best. It's the best. And like I said, you were the, one of the first people I thought of when I knew that we were doing a uniform podcast. So uh, I appreciate you being so gracious with your time, buddy. Oh, sure. Listen, and uh, personal note, I love, I mean, I think we met maybe five years or so ago, and it's, uh, it's a great thrill for me to get to see you popping up on my TV, because that's all we have is TVs these days. And so my <laughs> TV's right. on all the time. And it seems like uh, I'm seeing you on it uh, about uh, 10 hours each day these uh, doing this, that, or the other between your Chargers work and, uh, and here in Los Angeles. It's great to see, man. Nobody deserves it more. Love to see a nice guy doing well. Hey, you're the man, man. I can't thank you enough for, for everything over the years, and I look forward to seeing you soon, man. Hopefully we get football back sooner than later. Yeah, let's do it at the new stadium, right? Let's do it. Let's do it. We'll get money involved. That guy, that guy Money, who's on your podcast, too. We'll get him involved. All right, yeah, just don't bother uh, Jeremiah, you know. Well, I'll, let me talk to him for you and see what we can do. Can you pass him a note for me? Tell him I'm a big fan of his. I'll Let do him my know. best. I'll do my best. All right. And that's going to do it for us. A big thanks to Dave Damashek, Todd Radom, Steve Ziff, and A.G. Spanos for joining me. And, of course, thanks to you all for listening. What an awesome day for Chargers fans. We're going to keep it rolling throughout the week. A ton of draft coverage here on the Chargers Podcast Network. Also want you to join us 3.30 on Thursday in the Bolts Draft Room. A chance to win a lot of prizes, meet some Chargers greats, and some current Chargers players as well. Have a great evening, and until next time, I'm Chris Harey.